A voice was heard in Rama, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. In today's gospel, there are three events that happen. First is the flight to Egypt, where an angel appears to Joseph and tells him to take Christ and his mother and go to Egypt, and Joseph obeys. The second is the massacre of the children of Bethlehem. And the third is the return to Nazareth. Perhaps the second event, the massacre of the children, is one of the most shocking events. And it uncovers something very important about hardships, tribulations, and persecutions. In that hardships, tribulations, and persecutions are not always a response to our faults. Sometimes they are not a response to what we do, but they are a response to who we are or where we are. As the world hated Christ and persecuted him since the beginning, since his birth, sometimes the world will persecute us just for being Christians. Sometimes he will persecute, the world will persecute us just for being in Bethlehem, just for being where Christ is. Whenever we're being punished, it's good, it's good to examine ourselves and see if we find something that needs to be corrected. Something that is self-inflicted, something that is a punishment, something that is in response to our faults. But sometimes, as these children show us, that's not always the only thing, and it's not the only thing that produces persecution. This is what Christ actually told the disciples when they saw the blind man in John 9. They saw the blind man and the disciples asked, Who sinned? This man or his parents? And Christ's response was, Neither this man nor his parents. This is, this is done so that the works of God should be revealed in him. John 9, 2 and 3. This was also the problem with Job's friends. In the book of Job, the three companions of Job kept hammering the point that you're suffering because you're a sinner. If you have any persecution, if you have any suffering, if you have any hardships in your life, it's because of sin. And of course, in the last few chapters, God rejected this counsel. He said, no, that's not, that's not why Job was suffering. Job was suffering because he was being prepped for the reward. Because he's gaining a crown. The martyrs suffered because they were being prepped for a crown. As a matter of fact, in the, Revel- in the book of Revelation, when Christ speaks to the angel of Smyrna, the persecuted church, he tells him this, These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but they are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. From this passage, it's clear that... The, uh, the persecution here is for the crown of life. Every time we get persecuted, it really is an opportunity to gain a crown. It really is an opportunity to become perfected. It really is an opportunity to gain in the suffering of Christ. And Christ himself said it. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before you. John fifteen eighteen. This includes even the world that Christ talks about, can sometimes even include the religious world. At Christ's time, the Pharisees, the scribes, the priests, the high priests, all persecuted Christ in one form or another. Today, some people might feel rejected by others in the church. 
Some people might feel persecuted even by certain people or powers in different churches or denominations. Know that Christ himself suffered the same fate, and he feels what we feel. Unfortunately, the church, as Abuna actually mentioned, um, and John Chrysostom said many times, it's a hospital for the sinners. And because we're not, we're not all perfect, sometimes there will be tensions and problems. But know that Christ himself suffered the same fate. As Hebrews tells us, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted just as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 In times of hardships, tribulations, and persecutions, we need to remember that Christ himself walked this path that we walk, and even more. He's the only one that really understands what we're going through, and he's the only one that we cry to. And the favorite cry of the church in these times is, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In commenting on the innocence, Augustine says this, And while Herod thus persecuted Christ, he furnishes an army of martyrs, clothed in white robes of the same age as the Lord. Behold how this unrighteous enemy never could have so much profited these infants by his love, as he did by his hate. For as much as iniquity abounded against them, so much did the grace of blessing abounded on them. A lot of times persecution will yield fruitful things, not because they themselves are good, but because God uses them for the good. In persecuted Christ, Herod actually led the Egyptians to see the revelation of, of God. And that's what the psalm is about. And the, the epistle of the Pauline and the Acts. How the Gentiles will see the glory of God. And when Christ came to Egypt, they saw some revelation of that. They saw Christ, the incarnate God. In, in, persecution, in the persecution that arose after Stephen, a lot of people dispersed. And actually, a lot of people in Antioch and, and, and the Gentiles and in the diaspora got to hear the message of the gospel because of the persecution that arose in Jerusalem. A lot of times, persecution will lead to revelation of the glory of God. The martyrs themselves remind us and give us hope because they show us that those that have, gained per, that have went through persecution have gained the crown of life and live forever. Today we might not be hunted and killed like the martyrs of the age uh, to pass. But persecution is always there. John Chrysostom reminds us that they that live godly are always undergoing persecution. If not from men, at any rate from evil spirits, which is more grievous persecution. In other words, if we're not persecuted from the outside, a lot of times inside, we're, we're still suffering persecution. The evil spirits do not leave us alone as godly men. The martyrs of the church give us hope, and they show us that there have been many before us who, who were oppressed and suffered injustice, yet they were glorified, crowned, and lived forever in heaven. However, there's another side to persecution here. There's a, a Christian thinker from Africa, his name is Tatangali, which says something that is, is worth noting. He says, talking about the innocents, Therefore, their slaughter is an occasion for great mourning and simultaneously a sign of hope for the future. But we must be careful not to jump too quickly to the hope. Rachel's weeping is real and it's deep. But even as the martyrs are the hope for the future, 
the church, like Rachel, continues to mourn their untimely passing. The memory of martyrs thus represent an un, uh, represents a determined effort by the church to refuse easy consolation, that is, to resist, that is to resist shallow promises of peace, peace, when there is no peace, echoing Jeremiah 6.14. I think that Tongole brings an important point. Sometimes in dealing with persecutions or hardships, we talk about peace, peace. But many people who, who talk about peace don't actually take actions to help bring that peace to life. Two of the most important actions, of course, are to pray and give. I don't know if you've been following the events in Egypt or Ukraine or the rest of the world, but even though this, we're only two weeks in this year, there's a lot of people that are suffering already. Um, the war in Ukraine is still going, and Egypt looks like it's actually heading toward famine where prices going up and the demand uh, for food skyrocketing, but the supply is decreasing. This might be the year that we, that we save a little bit more and give to our brothers and sisters abroad, or even in the U.S., there's a lot of people suffering here. This might be the year where we don't have to stand and look as the innocents are dying. We might be able to help even if just a little. Those of us that used to give 10%, maybe this year we can struggle a little bit more and save 20 and give away. Or those that used to give 20, maybe this year we, we save a little bit more and give 30. This year seems like it's going to be a tough year for a lot of people all, all over the world. Um, and as Christians, it might be our calling to be God's hand and feet and help as much as we can. May God bless the crown of this year for us. May he strengthen us whenever we share in the glorious suffering of his son. And may he give us the opportunity to help those who are suffering all around us. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen.